Seltzer Kings Podcasts. Hey, are you into werewolves, mad sciences, and a little bit of witchcraft? Then stay tuned for an all-new episode of Watch Corner. We're riding this train straight into the sun. Woo! Tune in to a classic episode of Watts Corner on the Seltzer Kings Network. Available on all podcast platforms. Jesus, Bob, that's that's a lot of fucking information. I don't know how I'm going to process that. And honest to God, I didn't know one person could drink a bottle of scotch that fast. You need a ride home? The FBI agent. All right, Bob, thanks for stopping by. Holy shit, the Mueller report's going to be a thing. The following podcast contains... Only I didn't say fudge. And for gosh sake, watch your language. Watch your profanity. Right, I'm sorry. Explicit language. Hello and welcome to the podcast that asks a simple question. When your boss calls your spouse a total loser and you still work for the guy, what the hell were you thinking? I'm your host, Dave Bledsoe, and this is a Friday, March 22nd, 2019, Kellyanne, Don't Take Your Love to Trump edition of the show, where we talk about what's going down at the Conways. Stay tuned. The What the Hell Were You Thinking podcast is brought to you by Fix a Spouse. Is your significant other getting you down, coming between you and commercial or financial excess that you rightly deserve? Why not try Fix a Spouse? Our professional spouse rehabilitators will correct an errant spouse or your money back. We're not talking about just a little talking to here. We mean a complete psychological reprogramming using certified gold standard CIA techniques. Full memory wipe, replacement and personality adjustments, or your money back. Why shell out for a messy divorce when Fix a Spouse can correct a problem cheaper and easier and less painfully than a court proceeding? Do you think Melania wanted to move to the White House? She didn't before Fix a Spouse. Call now and Fix a Spouse will give you 25% off Correct a Kid, our award winning progeny repair service. Just use the code Ivanka at checkout. Fix a Spouse and Correct a Kid. When family becomes a problem, call us for the repair. So anyway, I married the SOB. I had it all planned out. First, he'd take over the history department. Then when Daddy retired, he'd take over the whole college, you know? That was the way it was supposed to be. Getting angry, baby, huh? That was the way it was supposed to be. All very simple. And Daddy thought it was a good idea, too, for a while. Until he started watching for a couple of years. Getting angry? Until he watched for a couple of years and started thinking that maybe it wasn't such a good idea after all. That maybe... Georgie boy didn't have the stuff. And maybe he didn't have it in him. Stop it, Martha. Like hell I will. You see, George didn't have much push. He wasn't particularly aggressive. In fact, he was sort of a flop. A great, big, fat flop. Stop it, Martha. I hope that was an empty bottle, George. You can't afford to waste good liquor. Not on your salary. Not on an associate professor's salary. When I was in my early 20s, I watched a marriage dissolve during the course of a single session of Dungeons & Dragons. Things happen all the time. They probably do, but what happened on this occasion was the dungeon master and his wife basically role-played their divorce through the game. It seems the DM's wife, who was playing a half-elven cleric of Mystara, was sleeping with Jeff, who was playing the bard. We were on second edition rules, so there wasn't any big deal going on with playing a bard. I know the rules were complicated in first edition. You had to start off with a fighter and then a thief. You know, you just it was really hard to get a bard. Get on with it! 
Jeez, well, anyway, during the session, the DM decided he was going to take it out on Jeff's character and had a fucking red dragon just swoop out of nowhere and kill Limrock the Gilded, which was Je- the name of Jeff's bard, totally with out of any kind of reference with what was going on in the game. And Jeff was all like, dude, what the fuck? And the DM was like, well, maybe you shouldn't have, you should have thought of that before playing my life's loot like that. And then he jumped over the table at him. This caused his wife to start hitting the dungeon master with a copy of the player's handbook which, if you remember, was a pretty hefty tome in the second edition, unlike the first. It took the rest of the party to pry them apart and get them all into separate rooms. The practical upshot of this was, this was the last time we played Dungeons & Dragons at their house and pretty much broke up the gaming group as different people came down on different sides of the divorce, and we never really had enough people to get a decent session going after that night. And I'm not sure if any of us can see what all this is supposed to mean. Well, clearly... If you're doinking your DM spouse, you want to use a throwaway player character unless you want a favorite eaten by a random red dragon. Oh, and second, you should pay attention to your spouse because you never know when they'll start fucking the bard. I thought this was all really clear when I wrote it out. Speaking of spousal disharmony, however, what the fuck is going on with George and Kellyanne? Now look. Kellyanne Conway is, objectively speaking, the resurrected spirit of Vidkin Quisling crammed in an old, used-up Ann Coulter clone. Gross. And I can bear the thought of her suffering any number of discomforts, despairs, dysfunctions, and diarrhea with a beaming fucking smile on my face. In fact, I hope she gets the flaming shits while stuck on the 395 during rush hour and has to squeeze a shooter right into her fucking expensive purse. Maybe it's a bit too graphic for the space? I can also give a fuck about George Conway, who's done nothing personal or professional to cause my disdain, but he is married to Lady Skeletor, who sits on TV and lies like an animatronic puppet for the orange hate. But George is pretty fucking funny on Twitter, and has successfully earned the wrath of the orange hate. I don't like you. Mr. Conway is, of course, a high-priced DC lawyer for the firm Wachtell, Lipton, Rosen, and Katz and has represented Miss Paula Jones in her lawsuit against President Clinton for sexual harassment in the 90s. His Republican bona fides are really solid across the board. Solid enough that he was considered to be by individual one for a posting either as the Solicitor General, the government's chief trial lawyer, or in the Justice Department as the head of the Civil Division, a job he refused because, and I quote, the administration is like a shit show in a dumpster fire conway said and then you got james comey firing and then you have him going on tv saying i had Russia in my mind i'm gonna be in the middle of a department he's at war with why would anybody want to do this yeah, i like this guy kind of squeaky clean shit don't stink mousketeer looking motherfucker since that happened mr kelly and conway as the porn payer in chief now refers to him, has also been a frequent and highly entertaining critic of Donnie T on the Twitter machine. During the latest Twitter tirade by the 10 pated twit, Conway posted the diagnostic criteria for the narcissistic personality disorder, or as it'll soon be known, the Trump syndrome, which seems to have tweaked the tiny dinky of the liar in chief who blasted back by calling him a total loser. Which, honestly, is getting kind of played by that, and Don needs to come up with some fresh Twitter burns. But then he followed it up by saying, quote, George Conway, also referred to as Mr. Kellyanne Conway, by those who know him, is very jealous of his wife's success and angry that I, with her help, didn't give him the job he so desperately wanted. I barely know him, but just take a look, a stone-cold loser and a husband from hell. Oh, yeah. Spicy. 
This has left Kelator in a bit of a pickle. And she's had to navigate between her boss, her boss, a man that would literally sell his children, at least his youngest child with the highest bidder, maybe Jeffrey Epstein, if he thought it would help him and her husband, a man who she's been married to for 17 years and has children with. Naturally, Lady Lizalot chose the obvious path, saying in Politico, quote, he left it alone regarding George for months out of respect for me. Conway, a senior Trump aide, told Politico in a brief telephone interview, but you think he, Donald Trump, shouldn't respond when somebody, a non-medical professional, accuses him of having a mental disorder? You think he should just take that sitting down? Don't play psychiatrist any more than George should be, she added. You're not a psychiatrist, and he's not, respectfully. That's cold, man. Thank you. In a way... George and Kelator are just stand-ins for the United States in general. These days, as politics has torn a rift through American families in a new and exciting way. I mean, there's always been that one uncle that shit all over Thanksgiving, but as a rule, we managed to find a way to live in relative peace and quiet. But then, the country shat a turd right into the stuffing hole of the turkey, and the stench and stains linger still, and all of our family skid marks are indelibly ingrained into the fabric of our national underwear. Tough stains can be frightening and next to impossible to get out, especially when you can't care for them properly. Save the moment with Tide to Go. And we don't have a Tide pin in any of our pockets. From an article in The Atlantic from November of 2018, for so many events in political life, two unreconcilable accounts unfurl in parallel. And which door you trust seems to say more about your identity than it ever has before. These dueling narratives can make it feel impossible to have productive conversations with anyone who believes the other story, and that includes members of your own family. In the lead-up to the 2016 election, a survey conducted by ABC News found that 37% of Americans had experienced increased tensions with relatives or friends because of the campaign. The fracturing of the country at large finds expression on a personal level at birthday parties, barbecues, and holiday dinners. How do you sit at the table with someone you love, but with whom you cannot agree on even the most fundamental facts? Should you try to change their minds? Should you sit at the table with them at all? Unquote. Anyone who's listened to this show knows the election shattered the fragile truce between capital C conservative Trump loving Bible thumping parents and the oh, their only coastal elite pinko commie liberal atheist son. How are you even related? I don't know. I don't know. No one does. It's taken us almost three years to come down to from open warfare to a chilly ceasefire broken only by occasional snipings over the DMZ of Facebook. But we live hundreds of miles apart and we can mute or unfollow each other when things get snippy. And let me tell you, friends, just create a block list of people on Facebook and social media that contains every family member that doesn't agree with you. So when you want to post that really cutting comment about a trumpled stillskin, you can just let loose and they never will even know. But no one has invented a block list for people that live in your house. Not that the Georgia Kelly and marriage issue is a problem for a growing number of Americans these days. Politics is not only just defining who we are voting for, it's increasingly defining who we marry. The website Quartz condenses a series of polling in an October 2018 article by saying, quote, In 1973, the level of political agreement among relative recent newlyweds was 54%. 
By 2014, it had risen to 74%. This trend held true even in zip codes where political opinions were more diverse, suggesting that politics, not just proximity of like-minded partisans, is behind the sorting, unquote. And this goes further as the great sort gets more and more sorted. And it goes into the next generation. From an article in the New York Times, in the late 1950s, 18% of respondents said that they would want their daughter to marry a Democrat, 10% a Republican, and the remaining 72% either didn't answer or said they didn't care. In 2015, 28% of respondents said they wanted their son or daughter to marry a Democrat and 27% a Republican, leaving only 45% to say they didn't care. Unquote. And look, if I had a child... My entire nightmare scenario of the Guess who's coming to dinner would be her walking into the room or him walking into the room and saying, Mom, Dad, this is Jethro. He's a QAnon believer, a member of Identity Europa, and he carried a tiki torch at Charlottesville, and I love him. Get out of my house. Because it's hard to see someone you love be so... So wrong. And now look, I'm obviously completely unqualified to give any sort of marital advice. You never let that stop you before. But it seems to me that disagreeing with someone so fundamentally on so many things just can't be good for a marriage. I know the old saw about autism is attracting, but when one side believes in the fundamental humanity of all people and that we should, stri- should strive to have all rights under the law to be awarded to all the people under the law, and one side believes that we must secure the existence of our people and future for white children, I think your problems are not really surmountable. But I don't know if any of this is a problem for George and Kelator. In fact, I'm willing to bet that their marriage is robust and loving and is founded on some bedrock principles that make a marriage just, I don't know, work. Something like a voracious self-interest. From a Washington Post article in August of 2018, quote, there's a theory among D.C. Trumpologists that this is all a charade, a way for the Conways to be part both of the Trump White House and the Trump-Leary establishment, unquote. Right? I mean, this is exactly what I think. Just maybe a pair of die-in-the-wool DC swamp creatures might be gaming the system to preserve their peace and the power structure in our nation's capital. And that, my friends, is real fucking love. I think it's sweet that two people can overcome their differences and their mutual naked ambition and greed. It's so rare in these times when we tend to think that love is lost for a shining beacon of unbridled lust for privilege and position that could keep a couple together from letting the petty politics of the day keep them apart. Sure, one of them is a soulless shill for a corrupt and corrupting embarrassment bent on looting the nation for his own enrichment while simultaneously destroying its reputation in front of the world, while the other can lob accusations of criminality and mental instability from a position built entirely on the massive transfer of wealth from the working class to the rich on a scale not seen since the gilding age. But come on, at the end of the day, they both come home from their jobs, nut-punching the people of America in totally similar yet unrelated ways and put their mutual differences aside and climb in bed together, knowing that they will never be called to account for their lies, scandals, corruptions, or lack of ethics. Safe in their love of money and power, they will just sleep fucking beautifully. George, 
all rolly and round, Kelator, a jangle of ragged claws. They'll kiss each other goodnight and drift off to sleep the sleep of the soulless, loved in the land of Nod, lulled to the land of Nod by the tormented screams of millions of damned souls, shrieking aimlessly in hell as Satan himself nods and smiles his little minions resting from a hard day's work done in his name. And they say marriage is hard work but worth it. And I think we can look into the Conways as an example how to do it the right way. After all, if two evil and vile minions of the darkness on opposite sides of the best way to loot the nation can find a way to make it work, can't we all really? I mean, I guess it helps that they are fucking ludicrously rich and will never want for anything forever in their lives. But still... If they can make it work, maybe you and Lurleen can make it even if you're three trailers payments behind on the trailer and about to have to go live with your mamas for the 14th time. So stay in there, little campers, and look to the Conways whenever things get tough. I mean, the least pessimistic take that I've seen on the whole Kellyanne and George issue is journalist Molly Ball on Twitter, who said, quote, the Conway marriage is a perfect metaphor for the current Republican Party, split between those who see Trump as an opportunity and those who see him as a horror, and yet somehow they stay together, unquote. And I don't know, and frankly, I don't give a fuck about the Conway marriage in the least. So why am I doing a show about them? I don't know, it was a relatively quiet week after the horror of New Zealand and the subsequent news stories about the racist in chief being fined with Nazis, but that's not new news. And, you know, we're waiting for the Mueller report, which finally dropped tonight. We were just in, like Mike Pesca said, on the just, just a holding pattern. We've got more candidates jumping in the Democratic primary, and the hot takes are being written as fast as they announce. And I'm really trying to stay out of any staking any ground on them, no matter how dreamy the toothy text and Gen X golden child of my dreams may be. It's going to be a long, long, long year, pod friends. And we're staring down a Category 11 shitstorm of things between now and 2020. It's going to be vicious, it's going to be protracted, probably pointless, and Democrats are going to spend at least the next 16 months eating one another like baby sharks in the womb. The fight for the finish in the primary is going to be the nastier than any fight between George and Kellator. It'll make it look like a slap fight between preteen girls bickering over a torn poster of whomever the fuck preteen girls are into these days. I don't know these things. What I do know is that things are going to suck and suck intensely, and I cannot spend the intervening time between now and then talking about them on a podcast, which is why you get a 20-odd minute show on the fucking Conways instead of (laughs) leading up to a pointless and decidedly unentertaining conclusion. The world isn't Twitter or even Facebook. Turn them off for a while and go and do something, anything, or you will go insane. More important than that... Tell the people you love that you love them, even if they are a shambling bag of brittle bones evil. They won't be around forever, and they too will leave the administration, and the orange hate finds some reason to turn on them. They're going to need you when it comes time to write the tell-all book that's going to buy your family a lovely cottage on Nantucket. That is it for our show this week. I kept it short this time because I kind of thought that maybe something important would happen this weekend. And look what's happened. The Mueller report is done. It could be the beginning of the end, the end of the beginning, the middle, the fucking coda, the afterwards, the press, the prologue. 
No one fucking knows what's going to happen with the Mueller report this weekend because no one, we probably will never even see the goddamn thing. So let's all just relax, enjoy this time because the Republic could be ending or not. The presidency could be ending or not. I mean, weirder shit has happened in just the past six weeks. So don't stress about it. Don't worry about all the weird shit that could just going to come. It's just going to freak you out. It's either going to happen or it's not. Just deal with it. All right. So look, I'm I'm just I'm going to skip past the, uh, the, yeah, the the Mueller report today. I actually didn't expect it to happen. So I I had written the whole ending of the show, but I think that we got to talk about the Mueller report. And I want to remind you here at the end of this that no one fucking knows what's in it. No one knows what we're going to see from it, and no one knows what's going to happen. You're going to spend some time stressing out about this. Don't stress out about it. Just fucking wait and see. Pretend that it didn't happen. When the shit starts to come out, if the shit starts to come out, that's when you start to stress. So that's it. That's it for the show this week. Rate and review, what the hell podcast on Twitter. I don't fucking know. Let me just say for this, for me... Dave, never married for obvious reasons, Bledsoe. Producer, mother wouldn't approve you, Gavin. And all the fictional divorcees on this show, we want to say, someday George will look at Kelly and say to her, Kellyanne, don't take your love to Trump. We'll see you all next week. so I take a small bow. Seltzer Kings Podcasts.